welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Dr. Samira Cobra. If this is your first time watching this, I am a licensed therapist. I am a published author. I've written over 60 books. Uh, I am obviously an entrepreneur. I'm in my office right now on a private practice called Kingdom Creative Counseling, where I bring you uh, faith-based principles to bring my lasting change. I am a licensed mental health professional. I've been in the practice and the business for over, I shouldn't say the business. I've been in the service, human services field over 16 years. And, and so I want to, again, welcome you to my channel, wherever you're watching this. So this is going to be available via Facebook, Instagram. I also have an alternative podcast where all of my, uh, my uh, recordings are there as well. So you can watch, listen to this, watch it whatever. <laughs> Welcome. Hopefully you subscribe. Uh, today we're going to talk about another interesting topic called grace. Uh, and the topic is um, uh, grace versus works. Uh, I have done this topic before. Uh, I think the second book I wrote this year uh, was called Grace That Abounds. And so I want to, uh, again, give you a plug for this particular book. This book is um, it's powerful, y'all. And I wrote this book because I wanted to understand grace and I want you to understand that grace has found you, but I wanted to understand grace. Uh, the reason why grace gets a very bad name is because we have, unfortunately, people who uh, misappropriate grace. They have uh, false doctrines created and, and false theologies around grace. And so because if you are a Bible believing uh, tongue talking. <laughs> if you just believe that sin is sin, uh, you're going to have a wrong. Um, uh, you, you, when you hear a certain thing, I should say rather um, certain doctrinal beliefs that kind of give us a faulty sense of what grace is, um, then um, you may, you know, you may have, have some concerns here. Uh, and so I wanted to uh, really uh, bring clarity, which is why I wrote the book about what grace is because I, 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 I've, I've, um, I've come to know the different, different principles and how grace truly works. Um, but again, depending upon your doctrinal view, uh, we have people who misinterpret what grace is and then they teach wrong grace. Uh, grace is not licensed to sin. Grace does not eliminate the definition of sin. Grace does not mean you don't have to ask God for forgiveness. And uh, you will find that uh, the reason why people have turned um, their doctrinal beliefs or theology beliefs, which if theology is really the, the mind of God being studied, uh, it has nothing to do with them having a revelation of what grace is, but it really has to do with uh, a justification of sin and changing doctrinal beliefs to justify my sin. And that is not what grace is. Uh, so I wanted to understand grace from that perspective. And so again, quick plug for this book, it is available for di digital download. It is also available as the paper copy. You can go to my website at com. Because it's such a heavy topic and there's so many different things that grace does. Grace is not just the power to salvation. Grace is not just um, uh, what Jesus died on the cross for. And that is that is a very powerful thing to know, but also know that grace does so much more. Grace gives us the power to love. Grace gives us the power to do ministry. Grace is God's power displayed to man on earth. And so uh, I'm not going to be able to take, uh, tap into this subject wholeheartedly uh, because of how, how depth of it is, but I do encourage you to uh, buy that book. Uh, Holy Spirit, we certainly thank you for today. Uh, give, give us clarity here. I'm just going to give you 10 points of what grace is versus works um, and how grace operates in our lives. Um, 
when I when I come to understand what grace was uh, for me when I did this uh, deep study, I understand because I know I'm a mental health professional. Some of y'all are like, well, how, what does that got to do with you? Know, when you truly understand grace, it will alleviate your shame, your guilt, your your need to do things in your own strength because you have grace with you. But again, grace does not justify. Grace does not eliminate sin. Grace does not pacify sin. Grace does not endorse rebellion. So when someone says because of grace, there is no more sin, they are a false prophet. Okay. And so there'll be a scripture to back that up. Uh, so grace, grace that abounds. Ha. Huh? Uh, and I want to get ahead of myself, but there is a scripture says, shall we continue in sin? that grace may abound. God forbid, as what Paul said, for what does God forbid means is God disallows it. But then there's another scripture that I read, which is how I've come to write this book. Um, Second uh, Corinthians 9, 8, New King James Version. And it says, and God make all grace abound to you that you always having all sufficiency in all things and may have an abundance for every good work. And I said, wait a minute now. We got two types of grace may abound in. You know, Paul is asking us, watch this. Uh, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? But then he's also saying, 2 Corinthians, let all grace hmm, abound to you. What is Paul saying here? Ladies and gentlemen, what is he saying? And I want to break this down. He is not saying um, that grace uh, is, is, is a license to sin. He's not saying that. But he's saying when grace abounds to you, you become fully aware of the sacrifice of, that Jesus did. That you become aware of his love, his sufficiency, which is all, uh, all, uh, all, all never not needing anything. To do the work of God, he supplies all my needs, my emotional needs, my mental needs, my spiritual needs, my physical needs. May grace abound to you when you come to the awareness of who God is. When, this is what the Lord told me, when we continue in sin, when we continue in sin, after the sacrifice that Jesus made, we are, we are, we are disallowing, we are, we are, we are, we are um, uh, uh, refusing the sacrifice because he died so that we don't have to be bound by sin, not to justify it, not to justify it. And if someone tells you that, that sin does not exist, if sin does not exist, why did God talk more about sin in the new Testament than the old Testament? Grace does not mean that we no longer sin. Grace does not mean that we are justified to sin. Grace is not your meal ticket. It's not your green light. It is not your goal and do what the heck you want to do when you want to do because I got grace. All right, let's talk, okay? Uh, 10 points here. What is grace? Let's see what the simplest definition of grace is the one is that it is the love of God extended to man this uh, extended to us and displayed through us let me say that again grace is the love of god extended 
or displayed through man. So what's so grace does this? God, it's all it's another word for God to love. He extends it to us. He gives us his love. For God so loved the world, love always gives. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes, so once I accept him into my heart, I receive his love. It is endowed to me. And then, watch this, I can extend love to someone. I can give grace because grace has been extended to me. God's grace is his love. Now, I'm just I'm looking up a scripture because I didn't write my scripture down. But I feel led in my heart. Give me one minute here uh, to talk about one more thing. Give me one minute here. Give me one minute here. So that is grace. Hopefully y'all get that. You cannot, you cannot, um, you cannot give what you have not received. And the reason people have a hard time, Christians have a hard time showing or displaying love is because they don't have a revelation of God's love towards them. That's why you got nasty Christians. Okay, this is why you got nasty Christians. That begs us to answer the question. If God's grace is his love, and love is an action word, what is love? What is love? What is God's love? Love is patient. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. First Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not man demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of wrong. It keeps no record of wrong. This is grace. It keeps no record of wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Therefore, grace never gives up never loses faith is always hopeful endures through every circumstance that is love and so we can technically use the word god's grace is love interchangeably so we can say grace is patient and kind grace is not jealous or envious boastful or proud or rude grace does not demand its own way grace is not irritable it keeps no record of wrong it does not rejoice about injustice, but when what rejoices when truth wins out, because grace gives us the power to live, breathe, and act in truth. It does not pacify us so we can sin. Grace never gives up. Grace never fails. Is always hopeful and it endures. That is grace. So now it 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 it, it annihilates this idea. Now I understand old covenant versus new covenant, but what what you'll hear people teach about is they'll almost make it seem like grace came as in the New Testament. No, no, no. From the beginning, grace was because God was. Okay, so grace is not a New Testament concept only that began with the new covenant. Grace was. Because of the I am. How do I know that? Uh, it's, again, because in the beginning was the word and word was God. I got that. But find yourself in, in Exodus 33, uh, starting at the 18th verse. I'm going to read this from the New King James Version. And it reads, so the context, which is the surroundings by which 
uh, we are being and the surroundings by which uh, this this text that we're going to read uh, is, is written is that uh, Moses is saying, listen, God, I can't go without your glory. I can't go without you. Like, let me know that you're there. Then he says this thing. He says, God, okay, uh, show me your glory. Show me your glory. And God says, uh, and so, so Moses, says, show me your glory. And then he, which is God says, I will make my goodness pass before you and I'll proclaim the name of the Lord before you. So remember the name, the character, who God is, I'm going to declare that for you. And then he begins to declare who he is. I will be gracious. It's Old Testament. This is Mosaic, Mosaic law, Old Testament. Okay, Moses, which is where we got the law from. God is telling you, I'm gracious in the old covenant. I'm gracious. I will be gracious to whom I'll be gracious to. I will have compassion to whom I will have compassion on. That was in the Old Testament. Again, Exodus 33, 18 to 21. God is telling you, I'm gracious in the Old Testament. So we cannot uh, alleviate or only look at grace. Watch this from the new covenant perspective when grace was there from the very beginning because it is God. It is the part of the character and the nature of who God is. It was not invented with just a new covenant. It was there from the beginning because God always was. Okay? God always was. The new covenant gives us a different way or a new way for the atonement of sin. So now we don't have to go and get lambs and bulls every time you sin and go through the, we don't have to go through those kind of changes because Jesus became the lamb. And again, he doesn't, he didn't become the lamb so that we can sin. He gave us a sacrifice once and for all. So we don't have to be bound by the power of sin and best belief sin has a power, but grace gives us the power to overcome. Okay. Ooh, all right. Let's keep it going here. This is good. Point number three, grace. I said this before. Sometimes I get ahead of myself, y'all, and I repeat myself. I'm going to repeat it again. It's okay to hear it again because guess what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing what the word of the Lord. I said this before. Grace, point number three, does not give me a license or a green light to sin. And when you hear somebody trying to teach on grace and they kind of make it seem, oh, yeah, we, we got grace on us. So we, you know, sin does not exist. You know, you deal with <laughs> no, it's a no, it's a strong no. And again, I said Romans 6, uh, chapter 2. And I, I think when I first said I didn't give you the, the, the scripture, the verse, but this is what Paul says Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound to us? God forbid. And again, I said forbid means to do what? To not allow something. God said, God, uh, Moses, <laughs> Apostle Paul was saying, no, uh, -uh we're not going to continue in sin because there's grace. God forbid, God forbid, God does not allow it. Google what the word forbid means. God does not allow it. So again, uh, point number four, God, uh, grace gives the power to overcome the stronghold of sin. There's old, uh, folks, old folks who say sin will keep you longer than you plan to stay show you more than you plan to know and keep and, and 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 show you more than you plan to see plan to stay show stay know and go so you go further in sin than you ever planned to know 
go with me here. I'm I'm just I'm flowing with it, but I I hear, I sense, I sense. I'm gonna do something. I'm going off the cuff here. Um, I just have to be obedient to what the Lord is, is is telling me to share. So I'm I'm going off my notes here. Give me one minute. If you go to Genesis, watch this. Go to Genesis. Where we do we go? Okay, in one minute here, uh, I'm just, I'm just fun with it here. It's Genesis chapter. In one minute. Um, so after the fall and Genesis chapter four, and I'm going to read this. This is my new uh, spirit field uh, life and spirit Bible. And then go find yourself in Genesis chapter four. Uh, and it talks about how, for those who don't the context, the surroundings by which we are, we are understanding here, uh, Abel gave a sacrifice and then Cain uh, gave a sacrifice, right? And so we understand, this is where we first start understanding the stronghold of what sin can do. Uh, Abel, watch this, his sacrifice is accepted uh, by God. Um, Cain, however, sacrificed is not accepted and in the King James, the new King James verse says, and Abel brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. Okay. So God received it, but verse five says, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. I'm going to tell you how this works here. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. He was angry. He was angry at God. For not accepting his sacrifice. Didn't tell us why. Okay. Remember, grace gives us the ultimate sacrifice now. So we are accepted. But watch this. Verse number, I'm coming to a point. Verse six. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry? And why has your countenance fallen? Verse seven. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, watch this. And this is where sin comes in and the stronghold of sin. He's warning them, if you keep sinning, Cain, this is what's going to happen. And if you do not, well, watch this. Sin lies at the door. This will be a monitoring spirit and lurking spirit. Sin lies at the door. Watch this. And it's desire for you because sin has a desire for you. He says, uh, and its desire for you is to is uh is is for you, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Watch this. So, what am I saying? You should rule over it. Sin, like, watch this has its own desire for you. That's why you have a sin nature and a specific desire. That desire wants to come in, lure you in, lurk you in, seduce you, and then rule over you. That's why sin keeps you longer than you plan to stay, show you more than you plan to know, and, and, and take you further than you plan to go. That's what sin does. Cain didn't listen to the warning and sin overtook him and he ended his own brother's life. He became what sin wanted him to be and not what God. 
Where does this relate to grace? Because we said grace relieves you from that power. It gives you the power. Did not mean sin is not going to present itself. It doesn't mean sin is not going to present itself. Does not mean it's not going to lurk. Does not mean you're not going to have a season of, 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 of being that, that you're not going to be when they pulled away. But grace didn't say, hey, go ahead and do it. And you'll be, you'll still make it to heaven. That's not what it does. It's God is saying, listen, in the new covenant, I've given you power over that lurking spirit. I've given you power to overcome it. You don't have to be bound by the strong hold of sin because of grace, which is God's supernatural empowerment endowed to us. That's what grace does. Grace does not eliminate sin. It gives us the supernatural power over it. That means we're not going to be tempted because in the scripture, there is no temptation, which is common to man. That means everybody will have a temptation. You're going to have a sin nature. But grace doesn't say, hey, go on, go ahead for it. Have at it because you, you can do whatever you want. You can cross that line. You make it to heaven, honey. That ain't what grace does. Sin is a spiritual issue and it's a matter of what we, what we submit our members to. God's grace does not endorse, it does not pacify, and it does not enable sin. When we sin, we refuse the sacrifice that Jesus made to atone for sin. Mm -hmm. To atone for sin. Find yourself in James. Give me one minute here. Chapter 1, starting at the 12th verse. And we're going to read it from the New Living Translation. Okay. New Living Translation. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. King, New King James Version. Watch this. It said, in uh, my Bible has different uh, like subtitles. So it says, loving God under trial. Does God tell us that grace is not going to give us trials? No, does God does does the Bible tell us that grace does not give us struggle or alleviate struggle? No. Okay. Does does it mean you're never gonna have a down day in your life? Your life gonna be wonderful because you got God's grace now. No. Mm -mm. Watch this again. James chapter one, the twelfth verse, New King James Version. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, which is your season of being tested, which is almost like a form of ch chasing, which is a form of development training. Okay. For when you have been approved. Okay. When you pass your test, watch this. Uh, remember, because from the beginning, uh, 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 Cain uh, did not pass his test and he was not approved. <laughs> he will receive a crown of life which the Lord promised to, to love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God is not tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But when one is tempted, he is drawn away by his own desires and his own enticement. So again, God's love and his grace. Okay, he's not saying, listen, go ahead and go ahead and do your thing because you have you have some sin and I know you got that sin and you got that temptation. So you go ahead because of grace. 
we are now being taught, unfortunately, in certain circles, a crossless Christianity where there is no consequence for sin, beloved. And that is not the nature of God. God doesn't, um, uh, grace does not mean that sin does not exist. I heard someone say, you don't even got to ask God for forgiveness because we all belong to God and you got grace. Skip over all kinds of scriptures that said, if you confess with your, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, I mean, we just go skip that scripture all together. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. But John 16 verse eight reads this, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. Convicts is not the same as condemnation. That means you should have a consciousness uh, when you do sin, it simply means this, that you should feel bad. If you lied, you stole, you cheated, you know what I'm saying? The conviction of the Holy spirit does not mean that you are, to, you just are condemned to hell. What that means is you should feel set bad about or some level of conviction so that you get it right. You know, if that brother offends you, go to him. So if you do something that's offensive to, to the God or your neighbor, you should feel bad about that or feel some kind of way about that to go and get it right. Even if it's not the one say, God, God, I forgive you. I mean, God, God, I forgive you. You guys know what I mean. God, please forgive me for my sins. Okay. It does not mean <laughs> you get to what I'm saying. If, if sin does not exist, then why does the Holy Spirit, according to John 16, 8, convict you of it? And John 16, 8 is actually talking to believers. Okay. So, cause just because we become in Christ does not mean the minute we get saved, we never going to do it wrong. We never going to come out of pocket, <laughs> but the Holy spirit uh, ought to convict us, not condemn, condemn, which is to, um, condemn simply means to, you know, you're going to hell forever, but it does convict us so that we are not, uh, not going to be bound by the uh by the by the lure of sin and so that we can be in right standing with god grace is what we need for salvation oh why so this is what we this is what people forget grace is also what we need for living not just for salvation now salvation is the is the primary thing but grace is not that alone we need grace not only for our um for our redemption but we need grace for our living you need power to deal with your co-workers <laughs> uh nasty people uh life being life your health because remember grace is also the supernatural empowering it is the power of the holy spirit uh you need grace to do ministry uh you will have people the reason and i i, I, I want to talk, i'll talk about this in a minute but oftentimes the reason why you see people um going in wrong direction or trying to force doors open. I talk a lot about this in my leadership series. People try to force doors open and putting themselves uh, in places and spaces God has not called them to because they're operating under work. They don't understand the grace of God when it's God's time and will open up doors for you. Okay, so let's go to uh, Romans chapter eight, infamous scripture. So we said the Holy Spirit does not, con uh, does not, does the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, does not condemn us. Okay, so whenever you have someone being brash and rude and really critical or tell them and declaring and de declaring and decreeing uh, you going to hell and all that kind of stuff uh, purely based upon the fact that you sin. Remember, uh, grace is the spirit of reconciliation. Get this book, y'all. <laughs> grace is the spirit of reconciliation. It is God's and it's God's. Uh, desire to reconcile us into right relationship with them. Love covers a multitude of sins, does not enable it, does not pacify it, it covers it. And then it puts us in right standing. So when someone's declaring you going to hell because of your sin, uh, God, that's not God. God wants us to be reconciled back into right relationship so he convicts us of sin so we can get it right. 
and turn from our wicked ways. Romans chapter eight. We're going to go to the New Living Translation on this. Uh, now, I want you to read Romans 8, 1 through 11 for the sake of our time today. I'm not going to read the whole thing for our time. But again, if you're a Bible reader, a Bible studier, take these scriptures and, and write them down and in your own time. Go and dissect the word. Uh, and this is the New Living Translation again. So there is no condemnation to those who belong to Christ Jesus. What is condemnation? It is conviction. It is not conviction. It is the condemning. Like if you go to a court, right? And you're being condemned, you're being sentenced, right? And so that is what condemnation is. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, okay? Condemnation is uh, punishment. It is a sentencing. Grace um, does not mean that I can do whatever I want. It means that God convicts us. He doesn't, that grace, because of grace, we all have, a right to eternal life in Christ Jesus. Okay. So why are people still sinning after they have received Christ as a savior? Because just because you're a Christian and you confess Christ as your savior, does not mean you're being led by the Holy spirit. Okay. Some people, you know, you got saved like in 1982 and you haven't heard from God since So God haven't heard from you since. So that goes to uh, verse five, which will read, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about things. Uh, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. So, uh, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the Spirit. So just because you're a Christian does not mean by default you're going to allow yourself to be led by the by the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. So if you're being led by anything and everything other than, other than the Spirit of God, the Bible says you're going to be dominated or controlled by the sin nature. Okay. But if you make up in your mind, I don't want the sin, the effects of sin. Cause you keep thinking negative thoughts, sinful thoughts, demonic thoughts, all these type of thoughts that are not in line with God. You're going to follow that. Whatever you submit, your submit yourself to, that's what you're going to be. Um, that is what you're going to subject yourself to. That's what you're going to be submitted to. Okay. And so if you keep allowing the negative and sin to keep consuming your life, again, you are going to go in that direction. But when you allow the Holy Spirit in, it pleases God and you're going and you're being led or uh, you're being led by the spirit of God. There's a difference. Verse six. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Letting sin control your mind leads to death say that again according to verse six new living translation so letting your sin nature control your mind leads to what does it say does it say it, it clearly says death it doesn't say leads to life doesn't say leads to eternal life doesn't say leads to wellness peace or joy it said it leads to death it leads to death so when I'm being controlled by the nature of my sin nature, it's going to lead me to death. Physical, emotional, spiritual. You can, okay, you get to what I'm saying. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to what? Life and peace. So what grace does, once I receive it, because it is also the Holy Spirit, I am allowing that Holy Spirit and that grace to lead me to life and peace while I am here. On this earth, I don't want to. I don't want to wait uh, till I get to heaven to get in life and peace. 
I don't want to live while I'm here because I don't know how long I'm, I'm, I'm in my, I can live till I'm a hundred. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? But if you keep participating in sin, it's going to lead you to death of all kinds. There are people that are alive and still dead. Verse seven. Um, but the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It did it, it, it never did obey God's love laws, and it never will, what verse seven says. This is why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit. And if the spirit, and if you had the spirit of God living in you, mm -hmm, and remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him. Okay, so so it's grace is a matter of what you, what you allow to lead. Are you allowing the Holy Spirit, which is his grace to lead you? Or are you allowing something else to lead you? If you keep participating in sin, you know what's leading you. I see Christians all the time in my office. They're not being led by the, some people. Not all. No, you, I, just, I don't want to, to uh, stereotype. Anymore. You get what I'm saying? Life is going to be life for the, rest, for the best of us. But there are people now who go to church who love God, who has confessed Jesus as their personal savior, they speak in tongues, they do ministry and they're not even led by the Holy Spirit. Okay, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit. And if the spirit of God is living in you and remember and remember and remember and remember and remember those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. Hallowing them that we expect their fruit. You know who someone is, not by what they say, not by their confession, but by how they live. Okay. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. This is what his grace has done. Uh, and just as God raised Christ from Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal body by the same spirit living in you. Grace does not mean there is no consequence for your actions. God chastens whom he loves. If you have a bunch of credit card debt, beloved, are you with me? If you got credit card debt, and you confess Jesus as your personal savior, you still have credit card debt, okay? If you're in a wrong relationship and you confess Jesus as your personal savior and you are bound by that stronghold, God's grace gives you the power to let go. He really does. But you're still in a wrong relationship <laughs> after you accept Christ as your savior, okay? Now, if you got a pending court case for you to commit a crime and you mess around and get saved, you say, thank you, Jesus, for that. For myself, uh, for I'm saved now. You still gotta go to court. You still, may, you still may go to jail. You understand what I'm saying? Because you did the crime. Now you can't get before the judge. Tell the judge, listen, I have accepted Jesus as my savior and my lord, and so therefore I ain't got to go to court and I ain't got to go to jail. You listen, grace does not eliminate the consequences of your own actions. Okay, it don't do that. Okay, okay. Point number 10. We almost done, y'all. Uh, remember I said, uh, no, I read this at the, the beginning and I'm going to say it again because I just, you know, I said my notes now, okay? 
Second Corinthians 9, 8. We're going to go back to the New King James Version. And it talks about God loving a cheerful giver. Okay. But, and, and Paul again said, and God is able to make grace abound to you. So we don't want grace to abound to us because of sin. We want a, uh, grace to abound to us because we've come to the revelation of who God is. And all sufficiency, in all sufficiency, that means in all my needs, in all things, everything I do, this is what grace can help me in everything I do, may have abundance in every good work, right? It means that you become increasingly aware of God's love. Think about it, when you first get into a relationship with someone and you like that person and you just in love, but you don't really know them. Now, God knows you, you may not know him. But the more you spend time with your boo thing and the person that you just, oh, I just love him, girl. He's just wonderful. The more you spend time with someone that you love, if it's a whole person, you love that person even more, right? Because you're getting to know them, their nuances, what they do, what they cannot do, all those things. You think, oh, this is my best, my person. Oh, thank you, Lord. I love him. He loves me. I love him. The same way with God. Now, like I said, God knows you. You have now come to revelation of who he is. You don't know everything that you is to know about God when you first get saved. A lot of people don't know that. That's why it's called a relationship. That's why it's called a journey. But the more you begin to grow and spend time in God and his word and his love, you become more aware of who he is. You don't develop deeper in love when you're in active sin. You don't. You develop deeper in that, in that sin nature. But the more you spend time with the one and you, and he continues to fill your cup and tell you, and tell you, excuse me, and tell, yeah, tell you who he is and his power. You learn more about his power and, and you learn because uh, grace gives us power to be patient as we grow. And I, I don't have to be bound by this sin. I don't have to do this because there's a, I'm spending time in his world and he's telling me that I don't have to be bound. That, that addiction, that thing, that low self-esteem, that thing I thought would hold me hostage, I don't got to be bound by that because it says right here and now I can feel his supernatural presence. The more you spend time with God, and, and it's, that's why the sin nature, the part of us that just wants to stay stuck and bound, the more we spend time with God, we don't want to do it anymore. I just realized, I think I had my mic facing the wrong way. Lord, help me to just do, I hope I didn't do this whole thing. <laughs> Lord, help me. I hope I didn't do this whole thing. And I got to turn around and do it all over again. But here we going to go. We're going to keep it moving. So uh, God will generously provide for you under his grace. Grace, may grace abound to you. Lord, please. <laughs> so what is it work versus works? When, when it's works, you see all the blessings that God, everything that God has endured, that, that God has uh, done for you. And you try to get there in your own strength. The Bible talks about how um, I, uh, he, taught, he told Apostle Paul this. He said, in your weakness, then I am made strong. He said, my grace is sufficient. And so we recognize my complete dependency on who God is. When I am completely dependent. Dependent on God. I recognize God, I can't do this without you. God I can't overcome this sin without you. God I can't build this business without you. God I can't build this ministry without you. God, I can't have a healthy relationship without God. I just I can't do anything without you. I'm weak, Lord. In reference to you, God said, That's what I want you to be. That's when my grace is sufficient. When you recognize you can't do it without me. When you recognize I am all sufficient. 
God, I see grace gives you the power to keep you from falling is what the word of God says. Grace keeps you from falling because of the power of God. You have no business continuing to sin over and over and habitually sin. And that's why they, that's, that's why they change their doctrines. That's why they change their theology. Cause you want to continue in sin. You want to continue in sin. And then you say, God got me because of grace. That ain't how grace works. Grace says when you're weak and when you're struggling and when you, do, you haven't spent time and you start leaning over to that sinful nature, grace says, no, no, no. Come on back. I got the power right here to overcome it. Grace is not going to be forced upon you. God, I need your grace today. God, I'm weak. I'm weak. I can't do this. I can't do this, God. I, I just don't have it within me. When we recognize I'm still flesh, I don't care how many degrees I got. I don't care how many, how many times you fast and pray. You're going to have your evil day. You're going to have a day where the enemy tempts you. You're going to have a Job season. But that's the time, God, my, your grace. God, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. I don't want to live right today. But your grace gives me the power to do what I don't even want to do. Give me more of your grace. That's what grace is. So we attempt to get the goodness of God in our own strength. When we try to manipulate God, when we try to manipulate people, when we try to put ourselves in places and spaces, God has now done. That's when works comes in. When we don't depend on God, we depend upon ourselves. That's when works come in. When we go by our own hand, our own manipulation, our own ambition, you know, God is going to get us to the problems. We got to be a participant in it, but we can't do it in our own strength. If the oil don't flow is what I said last time, it ain't God. I said if the oil don't flow, it ain't God. So you need God's grace to do any and everything. I was talking to God about something I saw uh, a few months back. And I said, God, that ain't right. Come on now. You ain't supposed to do all that. Not, not you, but what I was what I was observing, he said, scenario without me, you can do nothing. When you understand God's grace, you're like, Lord, aside from me, I can do, but you gotta want it. You can't look and say, well, I, I can sin where I won't sin, do what I won't do. No, 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 I can't. I can't, but I want to. Sometimes you want to sin, right? You, we, we want to. But, but God, I love you so much. I need your grace on this thing right here. He'll give you the power if you want. But if you reject the power and we reject the sacrifice, we continue in sin. We already provided a way for us not to have to do it. I'm not that holy. I'm not that righteous. But if I lean on his grace, he'll give me the power. How you how you live holy? How you don't always hear smoking, drinking, sipping, dipping, and slipping with everybody? How? How? Because of the grace that gave me the power to overcome it. Gave me the power not to do it. Not grace that enables me to do it. Grace does not do that. It gives me the power to overcome it. That's what grace does. And if anybody tells you any different, they're lying to you. That's a false prophet. I'm going to end it right there. I'm going to read you uh, a few scriptures. This is my last warning to you. The Bible says that in the last day, there are going to be some people, Titus, Jude, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, read James, that are going 
to use the grace of God to justify sin. The Bible says that in the last days, there's going to be a great turning away. That means you either didn't ever have God in life in your first place, you had church, or you used to have a relationship with God and you turned away. Now, God says in his word, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's what he said. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But God's not going to force his will onto us. He's not going to do that. You can make a decision all by yourself and on your own. God, I know you don't want me. I know, I know, see me. Ooh, ooh, ooh. God, I know you want me. Yeah, I know you want me. But I don't want you. I don't want your will. I don't want your way. I don't want, I don't want your grace. You can decide that whether the omission, commission, or your actions. You can decide that. Jude chapter three. We're going to read this from the international version. Get this book, y'all. Everything I say, I justify through scripture, by the way. Dear friends, um, although I was very eager to write you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith. Contend means to fight. Again, it's Jude 3. This is the international version. 3. Contend for the faith. Fight for your own faith. Don't just let sin and anything coming out of your life. Contend for it. For the faith that once was entrusted to God's holy people. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. People that appear to be saved have slipped in among you what did, why why Jude? why because you, you know you're breaking this down he said they are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our god into a license for immorality and in doing that they deny jesus christ our only sovereign and lord when we say sin is okay or we imply it because they ain't gonna really say out right we deny the sacrifices and we are telling people there is a license to sin. And that's not what it does. Mm -hmm. Although you already know this, I want to remind you that the Lord at one time delivered his people out of Egypt. He delivered them out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who did not believe. He destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their position of authority, but abandoned their dwelling these he kept in darkness bound for everlasting change for the judgment of Christ Jesus. God will never leave you nor forsake you. You can make a decision. God, I don't want you. I, I'm just, I'm sorry. I don't want you. God in his graciousness will respect your, God in his grace, because grace does not force his will upon you. He won't agree with your decision, but he will accept it. Okay. All right. Let's see here. You're going to read this on your own time, Matthew chapter 7. Uh, many will say, Lord, 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 did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons in your name? God said, no, no, no. I never knew you, you workers of iniquity, apart from me. You can be having a great deliverance ministry, a great deliverance ministry, laying hands, shouting, speaking in tongues, prophesying. And God said, I don't know you. Bye. Okay. 
First John 3, 4 through 10, read this in the Living Bible. But those who keep sinning are against God for every sin, every sin, every sin, every sin is done against the will of God. Every time you sin, you're doing it against the will of God. Okay. Uh, go about the uh, eighth verse. But if you keep, but if you keep sinning, that's First John 3, eighth verse, Living Bible. Excuse me, but if you keep sinning, it shows that if you keep sinning, then show that you got a whole bunch of grace that's been espoused. It said, if you keep sinning, it shows that you belong to Satan. Not, 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 uh, you know, you, you belong, not, not just because you made your confession to, st if you keep sinning, if you keep sinning after you've come to the awareness of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, if you keep sinning, it shows that you belong to Satan. That's what the word says. Um, but God came to destroy the works of the devil. That's a grace does. It destroys the works of the devil. It does not pacify you. It doesn't give you license to do it. Verse 7, uh, Matthew 7, International Version, verse 21. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter, enter into the kingdom of heaven. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Read that on your own. Well, let's read it. Or I'm, I'm out of time, y'all. Especially out of time. Or do you not know that wrongdoers, 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 sinners, people keep sinning, after they confess their, 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 their confession of faith, do not be deceived. Wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, then he, then he quantifies it. He said, wrongdoers, then he says, look, neither. So wrongdoers and sexual immorality, idolaters, adulterers, uh, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor the drug, nor the slandered, nor the swindler, those who steal, they won't inherit the kingdom of God either. That's your actions. And that is what some of you were. That was what you were. You were that. You're not, because grace gave us the power to overcome and not participate in it, right? But that is what some of you were. That's what you were in the past. But you were now you are washed, you are sanctified, and you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is grace. Romans 6, 6 shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God for big. Last thing I'll tell you, this is my prayer to you, and then we'll be done. Ephesians 3, 17 through 21, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you may be rooted and grounded in love. That's grace. May you be able to comprehend with all, with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height of Christ's love towards us. That's grace. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all fullness of God. That is grace. Verse 20, now him to, now him, who is him? Grace. That's grace. Grace, who is the nature of God, who is able to exceedingly, do exceedingly, abundantly all that we can ask or think according to what? The power, which is, what is his power? His grace that works in us. To him be all glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever in him. His grace gives us the power not to fall into sin. God bless y'all. www.samaricobra.com You want to know one of my training? www.trainingchristianleaders.com Or if you want to uh, seek counseling, www.kingdomcreativecounseling.com You must be a North Carolina resident. I only, you can only go to the website. Don't DM me. Don't try to uh, email me. I won't, won't respond. You got to go to the website. All right, God bless you. We'll be back another day, another time, another banger, y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye.